Now, former Trojan and five-star wide receiver Kyle Ford, he did the unthinkable. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Hope you're having a great time enjoying the show. For those of you who are uh, watching on YouTube, thank you very much. You can also, wherever you download your podcast, we are always free. And if you are watching on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that red subscribe button and that like button. It'll mean a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, Kyle Ford, he did it. He ruined himself. I said um, when he announced that he was transferring that wherever Kyle lands, uh, that program was going to get more than just a great football player. They're getting a really good, great human being. I said that before I saw this coming, happening. I had no idea. (laughs) He would lower himself and become a UCLA Bruin. Come on now, Kyle. I mean, look, I get it. Talk about it. I, I think, I think the reason um, he, he's leaving USC is he wanted to be the feature wide receiver, and going to UCLA, he would be the. I, I believe he would be the number one target. I, I took a peek at their their roster, what they have coming back and what's coming in. Kyle Ford is definitely number one A or one B. Uh, Chip Kelly, you know. Got a good offensive mind. He'll figure out a good way to, to use Kyle Ford. But again, um, UCLA, come on. Oof. Here's something else to consider. Um, who's gonna throw who's gonna throw the ball to Kyle? You know, I, like I said, I was looking at their roster over there uh at that school out west. We'll refer, we'll, we will refer to them as the Sow going forward. Um we know Dante Moore is arriving, very talented, five-star freshman quarterback. Supposed to be really good, but again, true freshman. Uh, we know DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, is going to try and be an NFL quarterback after being at UCLA for five, six, seven, eight, I don't know, five years. <laughs> he was there for a long time. So, you know, like I said, you've got the freshman coming in, Dante Moore, and then you also have returning Ethan Garbers and uh, redshirt freshman Justin Martin. So that's your quarterback situation. So it's kind of a big risk for Kyle, and I honestly, I wish him nothing but success, and I'm just goofing on UCLA at his expense. You know, but in reality, um, you know, it's it's, look, it's it's not up for anybody to, to judge Kyle and his choice. Uh, we can only speculate as to why he's leaving USC. As I said, I think he wants to be the featured receiver uh, after everything he's endured, um, two major knee injuries and, and fighting his way back, and then seeing a new coaching staff come in that uh, has put a, a high value on bringing in more people that he didn't recruit, uh, especially at the wide receiver position. It's, it sends a message. Uh, whether they've actually had a discussion, I don't know. I'm not in the room. Uh, but again, when you're kind of just a fly in the wall, something to consider. I'm sure if if I'm seeing this and considering these things, 
can only imagine Kyle is too, with the other, as well as the other wide receivers. Remember, USC brought in, I was it, five or six uh, with in 2022 through the transfer portal. They went heavy wide receiver. Um, so, like I said, you know, for all I know, you know, Kyle is just a, another member of the uh, of the old roster that that's being purged. Um, but you know, as hard as that's to imagine, but it's 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 possible. You know, maybe Riley just wants to get as many of his guys in there as quickly as possible. Um, think about this. How many guys they brought in through the transfer portal in 2022? They're already off to a pretty significant start for 2023. We talked about the recruiting classes at the high school level. Um, by the end of the 20, by the end of this upcoming season, 2023, I would say 90% of the 2022 roster will be gone. Have will have moved on. So, you know, like I've said, ad nauseum, um, I would anticipate uh, more guys to leave, um, maybe right before, during, definitely after spring camp uh, when rules will be a little bit more defined. But here's the underlying point that uh, we're not even talking, we're about to talk about. How's this? When players leave USC through the transfer portal, now there's a good chance. Uh, they're going to see him on the opposite side of the field. You know, C.J. Williams, you know, he could be on USC's schedule um, in 2024 when USC joins the big conference. I mean, USC at Whiskey, that's a bucket list for me, so I think that would be cool. But, you know, that's still two years away. Um, Gary Brighton Jr., wide receiver, another one. He's still undecided, hasn't figured out where he's going to land yet. I think I mentioned on yesterday's episode that he took a visit to Miami. Imagine Kyle and Gary Bryan at UCLA. It's not out of the realm of possibilities at this point. Um, you know, USC is going to see Raylan Goldforth in Los Angeles. Um, he'll have, and let's be honest, he's going to have some bad intentions on his mind. And if he gets a shot on Caleb Williams like he had on Cameron Rising in the conference championship game, uh, that's going to kind of suck to have to watch, and it's going to suck for Caleb Williams to have to endure. Remember, that was the the hit that uh, had Rising's helmet pop off. Last laugh, Utah got the win. Um, so the transfer portal is still in its infancy, um, but you know now things are starting to get real uh, as the free agents are starting to come full circle. I guess, and they're going to get a chance to play against uh, their former team teams. Um, so it, it's you know it's one thing uh, when they go play for a, a for another team in another conference, they're off USC's radar. But playing in conference, that's a whole nother, a whole nother, I guess, uh, can of tomatoes. Uh, USC is getting a handful of those guys. You know, they've got, what, three coming from Arizona. Uh, I mentioned them, again, Dorian Singer, wide receiver. Uh, Kyan Bars, nose tackle, defensive tackle, and Christian Roland Wallace, the cornerback. Last year, USC brought in Eric Gentry from Arizona State. And let's also remind everybody, you know, last year UCLA got 
USC's Jay Toya defensive tackle and who bolted literally right after spring camp. And uh, so now Kyle Ford too. Interesting. Um, but UCLA is becoming the landing spot. Like I said, we don't know what's actually driving um, Kyle Ford's decision. Could be, you know, it could be this, could be that, could be maybe something that I mentioned. Who knows? I'm sure somewhere in the middle, in that gray area, there's a reason why Kyle chose UCLA uh, rather than staying at USC. <clears throat> maybe that, maybe we'll find out one day. Who knows? Um, so USC and UCLA, they play every year in November. This year they play in November at the Coliseum. I'm going to talk more about USC's 2023 schedule, but first we're going to talk about Bet Online. <clears throat> Why don't you head on over to betonline.net because they are your number one source for your sports and betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from basketball, football, to soccer, esports. They've got it all for you over there at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those over there as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So thanks again, really, honestly, seriously. Thanks again for making Locked on USC your first listen every single day. I need you to make sure to go check out uh, our brand new podcast over there for the Locked On Network. Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, so according to the Oregonians, John Canzano, a great writer, by the way, you should check him out. The USC football schedule, as well as the Pac-12 schedule, is pretty much finalized. Um, the Pac-12 is going to uh, release everybody's schedule today. Uh, if you're watching this episode of Locked on USC on Wednesday, January 18th. Um, so you can also, uh, after you're making this your first listen, head on over to the Pac-12 network because they're going to be doing, I guess, a one-hour special. They'll announce the uh, schedules. And that's going to be on... If you're like one of the 13 or 14 people that can actually get the Pac-12 network, um, it's available at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Mountain on their network. So somewhere, I'm sure you can find that. And I can tell you right now, USC's final season uh, as a member of the Conference of Champions, as Bill Walton would say um, many times, it's going to be brutal. USC is going to have a very tough schedule. We knew that going in, uh, the Pac-12 is sending USC off with a uh, basket of fruit as a consolation prize. <laughs> I guess, um, wow, it's literally, USC is going to have a really difficult time making the playoffs. Yes, they're going to be very talented. Yes, they still have Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy Heisman Trophy winner returning, that gives them a leg up. With that said, it's going to be a very tough season coming. The schedule is going to be really difficult. 
um, just from an offensive standpoint, look, we know USC's Achilles heel is defense. Well, the Pac-12 is going to be pretty deep uh, in 2023. And that's just based on the returning quarterbacks. Let me go over these names. This is who USC is going to face just in the Pac-12. So um, I know they're going to be playing Arizona State. And Arizona State is getting the quarterback transfer from Notre Dame, Drew Pine, who had a pretty good game against the Trojans at the Coliseum last year. Um, they're going to also get – now, he's not a returning quarterback, but I'm going to put him in this mix here uh, because he has multiple years of experience. And that's going to be Deion Sanders' son at Colorado, uh, Shadur. So let, let's see how well he does going against a better level of competition week in and week out than he did playing uh, at Jackson State. The other quarterbacks, you got Bo Nix at Oregon, USC will be facing, Jaden Delora, Arizona, Cameron Rising at Utah, again, for a third time. Who knows? It could be a four time. Um, Michael Penix. Uh, the, the quarterback from Washington, who a lot of people felt uh, deserved to be in New York with Caleb Williams at the Heisman ceremony. Michael had a tremendous season uh, after he transferred from Indiana uh, when he reunited with his with Kalen DeBoer. That offense can 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 move the ball. They're going to put up points. They're going to be even better next year. And let's also remember, no other conference in 2022 had more 10-win teams than the Pac-12. So with those quarterbacks coming back, um, you know points are going to be scored in bunches. And I mentioned USC's defense, not good. Got to get better. No doubt about it. Uh, so if everything holds, you know, everything holds true to form, uh, this is how the Trojans are going to close out their 2023 schedule. Ready? They're going to host Washington on November 4th. They will then travel to Eugene to play the Ducks on the November 11th. And then they get to come home and they get to host UCLA on the 18th. Oh, and by the way, um, because USC is has a week zero game, where they're going to be hosting San Jose State. Uh, that makes them eligible for two bye weeks, right? Great. Well, the first one will be week three, okay? I guess you'd prefer to have it a little bit later in the season. Um, but their next one is going to be week 13, which happens to be uh, the week before <laughs> the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. Whatever. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm just going to leave that there for right now. Let me gather my thoughts on that one. Other notable games. USC is going to play at Colorado early in the season. Um, I believe on September 30th. I bring that up because, not because I'm worried about the weather. Uh, or, or I, I should say, it's more so, I'm bringing that up because USC won't be playing in the weather later in the season. Um, although, this would be one of those upset games where, you know, prime time can get his guys focused 
on USC, but maybe not because Colorado's first game of the season, oh, by the way, maybe not the first game of the season, their first Pac-12 game of the season, one week before USC, at Oregon. So prime time, welcome to the big time, right? Um, and then as far as, uh, according to the Oregonian, John Canzano, who, who put out all this information for us, um, there's still decisions being made as to when USC, uh, Arizona will be hosting, excuse me, USC will be hosting Arizona, but they're trying to decide if that week six game will be either a Friday or a Saturday night. So uh, we'll talk more about the schedule once it becomes official, it's written in stone. But, you know, right off the bat, nine weeks straight without a bye week. And, you know, if USC gets to the conference championship game, sure, perfect timing for that, for the second one. But I'm going to, I got to tell you, man, that end of the schedule, that might make that bye week just a moot point, period. It's going to be a tough one. Like I said, you've got those returning quarterbacks. Um, we don't know. You know, we, we have USC's 2022 defense still, you know, fresh that taste in our mouth. And we don't know what adjustments they're going to be able to make. So, again, Washington in year two is going to be better. Yes, USC gets them at home. That's an advantage. But, uh, like I said, I've watched Michael Penix when he was at Indiana. Um, he had a great year when Kalen DeBoer was, a, was his offensive coordinator there. And he looked much better when he reunited with him at Washington in 2022. Didn't look so good in 2021 without him. Again, Bo Nix coming back for, I think, uh, I think he's going to have a grandkid by the time he leaves Oregon, but uh, that's how long he'll be in college. That'll be a tough game at Austin. And uh, that should be a, a must-see. Everyone in the nation will probably be watching that game. Um, assuming Oregon does, is having a good season and assuming USC is uh, on the path to the playoffs. So those late season games. Does everybody remember 2006? This has a similar type of feel to it. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about the schedule again as once once we have it official and I, I can go over it game by game and see where everything lines up. Alright, I, I think it's fair to say that if Michael Jordan is to Kobe Bryant, then it's probably the same to say that my, that Patrick Mahomes is to Caleb Williams. What's my point? On yesterday's episode uh, of Locked on USC, I asked, you know, I was just throwing out a fun, fun question out there about who you'd rather start your college football team with, Caleb Williams or Reggie Bush? Oh, after the show, it got me thinking even further. Um, you know, Caleb Williams, you know, he's one of those generational types of talents, just like Kobe Bryant, just like Michael Jordan. Um, so how Kobe watched Michael Jordan and, and developed his game and emulated him and, and maybe even, I don't, I won't say surpass Michael, Michael was Michael, but Kobe at 18 was doing this in the NBA. Michael 
developed in college, Dean Smith at North Carolina. They said the only person who keep could keep Michael from scoring was his head coach. So um, Kobe, when he got to the NBA as a teenager, 18, uh, he had to learn how to be an NBA player. Caleb Williams has already far surpassed where Kobe Bryant was at that point. So imagine Caleb Williams watching Patrick Mahomes doing what he does in the NFL. And you can already see him emulating him during his game, you know, doing what he does. He can throw the ball over shoulder, sidearm, underarm, pitch, whatever. We know Caleb is very elusive in the pocket and can take off and run at any time. So we see how Patrick has revolutionized the game at quarterback. That doesn't, and I get, imagine, I'm, I'm trying to visualize Caleb in the next five to six years when he's in the NFL. You know, how will he change the game? Um, you know, how is he going to take it to that next level like Michael did, how Kobe did, how Mahomes is, is doing it now? Josh Allen at Buffalo. Um, there was a time when you never wanted your quarterback to run the ball. Now, you have to have a quarterback that is not only willing, but is intuitive and understands the value of running and when to do it. It's not just being able to do it. You still want your quarterback standing in the pocket throwing the ball. But if you have players like a Mahomes, or like a Caleb Williams, who can be so dynamic that it doesn't matter how you defend them, they're going to figure out a way to make the play positive. It's yeah, like it's that's difficult to defend. So I'm like I said, I you, you've been able as well as I have to watch these types of great generational players come up and how they change the game. It's kind of exciting to to, to imagine what Caleb's going to be able to do once he gets to the NFL. Pretty crazy. Uh, oh, here's something else we can maybe end this show on or this episode. Um, is the Pac-12 trying, have, did they find a way actually to maybe level the playing field, keep recruits looking at the uh, dollar signs pointed at the Pac-12? I think they did. Essentially for every thousand views, um, Players, student-athletes are going to be, be able to make about 30 bucks for every 1,000 views on their social media when they do an ad read or um, narrate their highlights from uh, their whatever game they might have played in or meet they competed in. Starting in April, the Pac-12 Conference football players will be able to um, commentate on and earn money from their game highlights through, it's called Cura Story a media technology company that helps athletes monetize their videos they post to social media platforms. The players can commentate on the, on, uh, on the highlights, click one button on Cura Story, and distribute the videos to their YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and other social media channels. Their previous Tempest X deal with Twitter did not allow the players to commentate on their highlights 
or post the videos on their social media channels. Quote, they're going to walk us through what, what went in, what went on in their heads as they're making the play, making jokes and things like that. Uh, it's basically like mic'd up content. It's reactionary content, end quote. Uh, that's coming from, uh, the last name is Kelly, uh, who I guess is a representative of the Cura story. Kelly said the Pac-12 players uh, will receive 50% of the advertising revenue they generate, while Cura Story, Tempest X, and the Pac-12 will split the remaining 50%. That differs, that differs from Cura Story's other deals with athletes, fitness, instructor, fitness instructors, and others who use Cura Story and earn 70% of the uh, revenue. Quote, this is the first deal like this we've ever done, Kelly said. It's a landmark media rights deal with this footage being available for student-athletes to commentate on. And if it all goes well, this opens up for additional conferences and additional leagues, end quote. You have to admit, this is pretty intriguing. 30 bucks for every thousand views? Uh, or something close to that, I guess, is what they, they can't calculate it out to be. Um, the school student body, fans, um, they're going to be able to play a role in this um, and, and help their favorite player make some money. You got to admit, the Pac-12, they're looking for ways uh, to stay in the game. They're losing USC and UCLA. That's, that's a big chunk of TV. That's a TV market they're losing. So they got to they gotta figure out ways to keep eyeballs on the conference as well as keep recruits um, interested in coming to play for the Pac-12 teams. It's a pretty novel idea. Got to give them credit for that. But then again, as you just as I just read, this isn't going to be proprietary to the Pac-12. USC players will be doing this this year, and they'll probably be doing it when they arrive in the big as well. So there's rich people problems. And then there's USC rich people problems. The rich just keep getting richer. Once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. I need you to make sure to check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear it from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, that's it. Another episode of Locked on USC is in the books. We come at you five times a week. Oh, by the way, we still got that, that subscription special going on over there at wearesc.com. Go check it out. All right. Until the next episode, which will be tomorrow, I want to thank you all for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. I really do appreciate it. Hope you're enjoying the show. Until we meet again.